Hey, everybody. Welcome to Monday Night Live in Lexington, you guys. My name is Katherine Kaufman, and I'm psychic medium here in Lexington, Kentucky. Welcome to my Every Monday Night Show. This is where we discover what and who we are on this journey called live. Let's do some quick shout outs. Hey to John, uh, Donna Kay, Arthea, Amanda, Janice, Nixon, Kyla, and hey to all you guys over here, Michelle Durbin on Instagram. Thanks for joining us this evening. I'm going to put a link in uh, the comment section to the YouTube channel where you can catch past shows of Monday Night Live. Hang on, that first link. That first link uh, went through too quickly. I think my fingers are heavy this evening. There we go. Now, no. <laughs> Oh, we're going to have to do this again. It is a Monday night, you guys. A Monday night, for sure. Um, some of you may have had a bad Monday. Wasn't supposed to be, I assure you, by this morning's um, forecast. It was supposed to be pretty good. But consider now, we are getting closer to that full moon let's see if i can do this right bang yes that's the right one so if you want to uh tune in and see past episodes of monday night live the link is in the comment section let me check and see who else is hopping on here um let me go back here <laughs> hey to charlotte northcutt danielle james mindy Soleil, rita Rhonda, Kyla, Amy, special shout out to some first timers, Rachel Smalley, hey to Janice, Megan, who's an old timer, uh, Sheila, and Barbara Bacon, shout out to Crystal Crazy, Alicia is a new timer, everybody say hello to Alicia, uh, Ricky Elkins, who's an old timer along with me, um, and uh, Dr. Kick over here on Instagram, and let's hope that Joy joins us in a few minutes. Let me hop over to the professional page. Shout out to Yasmin Jadun. Thanks for joining me here. Uh, for those of you that are clicking into the professional page, Katherine Kaufman, Psychic Medium, first give the page a link, uh, and if you want to come on over here to the private page, where I'm engaging in the chat. Uh, this is the only page that I really look at to see what kind of questions are coming up. Arthea, me too. I am having so much trouble spelling. Let's get some housekeeping out of the way really quick and get into our topic. Our topic is gonna go through the month of December, you guys. Sleep paralysis is a huge um, thing for a lot of people, but before we get into that, I want to remind everybody that during the month of December, every year, I do a special reading. It's only offered through the end of December. So if you want it, you need to get it and message me now. It's called the Year in Review for 2020. And so it's a 12-card reading that takes a snapshot of each month and the basic energy that's forecasted for the year 2020. It's an email reading. That way you can save the email and refer back to it through the year and uh, kind of prepare for each month as it comes up. So 
Uh, so that is through the end of December. In order to get the reading, you have to direct message me or um, personal message me to get it. You can do that here on YouTube or uh, Facebook Messenger. And you can DM me on Instagram as well, you guys over here on Instagram. The other thing coming up is I'm doing a, a webinar in the, the winter. I don't know if it'll be... January or February, I'm halfway through putting all the material together. It's a webinar on advanced protective techniques, and this is for home and property. Uh, and these are advanced techniques, so you kind of have to know a little bit about basic protective techniques, but I will do a refresher at the beginning of the webinar on basic techniques that we all use. Um, so that's coming in January, February-ish, depending on how soon I can get things done. You guys know I've been sick with pneumonia, so all of my projects got had two weeks pushed back. And I'm just now able to really get my wind back, you guys, and, and talk decently. Um, so anyway, yeah. And, and to, if you guys have any questions about the topic tonight, please feel free to drop it in the comments section. And if I don't get to it or I don't see the question during the show, I promise you I'll get to it um, after the show. So tonight's topic is sleep paralysis. Uh, what is sleep paralysis? Also, let me know, you guys, if you've had any sleep paralysis during your lifetime or if you have a problem with it. Uh, sleep paralysis is when you're unable to speak, you can't move your arms and legs or your head, and you're still breathing normally and you're still sensing everything and you're aware of what's happening, but your body is in paralysis. This can last for seconds or minutes. And it's usually self-limiting. In other words, it usually uh, corrects on its own. And um, it may also end like if you can focus on your, just moving your toes or your fingers or if somebody is sleeping beside you and they sense that you're in trouble, if they touch you or maybe shake you a little, you come out of that episode pretty readily. It can occur just once or it can uh, recur repeatedly throughout your life. Hey to Tammy and Jill Jones. Um, so it most often often happens either when you're falling asleep or when you are waking up. And so when you're falling asleep, that's called hypnagogic. And uh, when you're waking up, that's hypnopomonic. So normally uh, your brain is in control of all your muscle muscular functions and it tells you when to move and and when to speak and and that kind of thing so your brain is controlling your muscles but it also controls the muscles ability to relax when you're asleep and let's think of it this way um if you if your brain was in a dream and it was telling your muscles to run in the dream Unless that ability is turned off in your sleep, you would be trying to run physically in your sleep. So uh, normally your brain turns the muscular functions off, except for autonomic type of things like respiration, 
um, digestion, circulation, that kind of thing. Those are autonomic, they're automatic, and so they kind of run in the background. But for voluntary stuff, your brain turns those functions off as you relax and as you go to sleep. So sleep paralysis seems to be when this uh, turning off mechanism happens. And sleep paralysis is isolated when it appears without any other signs like uh, narcolepsy. So you, the most common reason they say that sleep paralysis occurs is because of sleep pattern disruptions or if you have uh, narcolepsy. Narcolepsy is a big indicator of the disorder of sleep paralysis. Hey to April, Taya, and Tara. Okay. Also, what the big contention is about sleep paralysis is the experts say that a lot of people hallucinate during an episode of sleep paralysis. And these hallucinations supposedly have been documented for years. Now, there's a contention that says that they're hallucinations, and then there's another group that says that sleep paralysis. Uh, what you're sensing may be psychic attacks or paranormal attacks. Uh, hey to Mermaid Mama over here and Danae on Instagram and Sabine. And Dr. Kickass, good to see you. Okay. Sleep paralysis tends to appear in the teen years, but then it's most often documented in the 20s and 30s, and it can continue into later years, although it's not as prevalent uh, the older you get, although it has been documented in some elderly people. It is not supposedly a serious medical risk, but in successive shows, we're going to go over what the risks are that people incur when having an episode of sleep paralysis. Uh, so sleep paralysis can be a sign of narcolepsy. Other signs include disturbed sleep at night and falling asleep suddenly during the day. Let's say you're sitting talking to somebody and you just doze off. Uh, recurrent isolated sleep paralysis does not disturb your sleep. So in other words, the rest of the sleep is normal. It's just this waking up or going to sleep phase that happens abnormally. Okay. It's also important to know that um, there is usually something else that's causing your sleep problems and it may be a result of one of the following of these th types of things um, sleep disorders like not getting enough sleep frequently interrupted sleep like maybe you sleep two hours and then you get up and go work on something and then go back to sleep for another two hours you're not letting your mind and your body go through enough of the sleep phases and we're going to talk about the sleep phases too um, so that's a big thing that really um, feeds into sleep paralysis one thing that I read also is that people who have sleep paralysis quite often and it's a huge percentage of these type of people have panic or anxiety disorders along with it so they kind of go hand in hand. Let me check for questions here. Sheila says, I know when I have it because the first thing I notice is my 
hands locked together and I can't separate them. This happens a couple of times a year. Can you remember, Sheila, what month that that usually happens in for you? Um, I have heard that some people track it to certain times or months of the year that it seems to happen to these people repeatedly. Hey to Ina and Trisha Langley. And Tara says, excited to hear about tonight's topic. Yes, I'm feeling a little bit better. Thank you, Tara. Um, so let's go back into some of the causes of the sleep paralysis, most often being that disturbed sleep cycle or lack of the sleep phases that uh, kind of interlock together. Some medical conditions can cause sleep paralysis. Some types of medication that you're on can cause sleep paralysis. A uh, high incidence of uh, people who have uh, sleep paralysis have other mental health disorders like bipolar is one of the most prevalently documented things uh, that go hand in hand with sleep paralysis and substance abuse. And, and surprisingly, a lot of people that have sleep-related leg cramps uh, have a high incidence of sleep paralysis, which I found very interesting. Hey to Angie Allison Palmer and shout out to Rob Abbott. So um, sleep paralysis, like I said, is most common in 20s and 30s, but it can be in the later years uh, and it is documented in some people. So a lack of sleep can make you more likely to have sleep paralysis. And it's more likely uh, if you don't have like a regular sleep schedule and, or if your sleep schedule has frequent changes to it, like one night you go to bed at 8, the next night you go to bed at 2 a.m., the next night you go to bed at 6 p.m. Uh, also, mental stress is a factor that feeds into sleep paralysis. And here was the interesting thing is sleep paralysis is more prevalent and it occurs mo more often if you sleep on your back. Now, I have my theories about that particular aspect of sleep paralysis, but we're going to go through that on a successive show. Hey to Amanda. So um, a lot of things that tell you how to treat or how to deal with sleep paralysis will say, never ever sleep on your back or if you find yourself turned over onto your back try to turn on your side so um now let's look at some of the treatments sleep okay oh here's something else i wanted to bring up was sleep deprivation actually triggers sleep paralysis and in this case it's really important to get at least six or eight hours of sleep a night and like i said we're going to go through the stages of sleep because it it is really important to allow your mind to, to move through the stages of sleep. Very, very important. Hey to Rob Turner. Good to see you, guy. Um, because your brain is like, it wants to go through these stages. It, the stages of sleep are so very important to mental health, to your physical health. And so it's really important to allow your mind and your body to go through these restorative stages because each stage has a specific reason why it's happening. And we're going to kind of slip through that tonight if we, if we have enough time. Okay, so a lot of people um, 
don't know the difference between REM and non-REM sleep. And if if you guys have ever, oh, so Sheila says their sleep is horrible. Do you remember Sheila the month that um, the months that you had this happen to you? Um, because a lot of things are uh, alluding to this being repeated in certain months for some people, and it could be that you know certain months of the year are producing a lot of stress for someone. Let's say. Uh, you lost your loved one in July, and that's a really high stressful month for you. Maybe your stress levels go up, and then you experience some kind of sleep paralysis during that particular month every year. So, no, she can't remember the month that it went through. Um, so, was there any particular stress going on, Sheila, at the time that you had these episodes? Hey to DB's girl over here on Instagram. Nice to see you. Okay, so we're going to discuss what non-REM and what REM sleep is. So during sleep, your body kind of goes back and forth, or your mind goes back and forth between REM, which is the rapid eye movement, and non-REM, which is the non-eye movement. Now, non-REM sleep most classically is delta wave, which is the most restorative physically uh, the brain most restorative brain wave that you have. It's the only brain wave that actually allows your cells to regenerate, and it's the only brain wave that when you wake up, you actually feel like you're rested or that you've actually slept. You know how sometimes you'll go to sleep and all of a sudden the alarm goes off and you wake up feeling just as tired as when you went to bed. And so what's happened is most of the night you've probably spent in REM sleep and not in delta wave non-REM sleep. Also, if you get interrupted during your REM sleep and you don't get enough REM sleep, what happens is called REM rebound in that the next time that you go to bed or you go to sleep, it's like your mind and your body is trying to make up for lost time and it produces more REM sleep to kind of make up for that section of REM sleep that got disturbed the night before, which is very interesting. So that's called REM rebound. Um, so non-REM sleep occurs first and usually takes up about 75% of your overall sleep. During non-REM sleep, your body relaxes and restores itself, and that's a, you know, that's that's extremely needed uh, for you to physically feel okay when you get up. So REM sleep is most often when you dream, and there's some really interesting things that happen during REM sleep that we're going to talk about too. Um, so uh, let's see, relax with your eyes closed. So when you first lay down and you're relaxed with your eyes closed, that is alpha wave, which is a meditative brainwave state. And you can meditate there in alpha wave. And it's also a part of the first stage of sleep. Let me check for questions here before we get into the stages of sleep. So Alicia says, I most always wake up at 4 a.m. every night. Sometimes I can't can go back to sleep, sometimes not. So Alicia, 
uh, usually if you're woke up at certain hours of the night look at the time that's listed on your clock most often that is a spirit that is awaking you up to deliver a message and the messages most often are in numeric form like the three numbers that are listed on your um, alarm clock so what you want to do is look at the exact time when you open your eyes and write that down on a pad of paper by your bed and then you need to to get the book synchronicity numbers by Anne-Marie Uber on Amazon. And it's the best um, number kind of signs book that you can get, I feel like, on the market right now. Um, and it tells you numerology-wise what those numbers will mean. Hey to Peggy Foster. Arthea says, the best sleep I've had in a long time was surgery I had last October. Felt like a million bucks. <laughs> Well, it's probably Arthea because they knocked you out completely and you were in total delta wave. So the thing that I'll suggest for you to do, Arthea, is to go on YouTube and look up some binaural beats for delta wave and listen to them tonight with earbuds when you go to bed. I worked with a guy who had only had two to three hours of sleep for five years and we got him started using binaural beats for delta wave and he has he's currently worked his way up to six hours of sleep and feels a night and day difference in his body and his mentation hey to kimberly casey thanks for joining us tonight okay so let's briefly go through the stages of sleep and I think that's probably all we'll have time to do tonight, unless you guys got some specific questions about um, sleep paralysis, because next week we're going to present the alternate theories about sleep paralysis, because there are many. So the stages that you go through sleep. Uh, so alpha wave is that first mild, relaxive state of mind when you're closing your eyes and you're you're just kind of, you know they're knowing that you're fixing to go to sleep so stage one is non-REM and it's transition from a wakeful state to sleep uh, so your your brain is going through alpha wave but it's also switching to theta wave which is a deeper trance-like state of mind so you're starting around eight hertz and you're moving towards four hertz which is theta theta wave your respirations decrease your heart rate decrease, your body core temperature goes down, and the muscle tension starts to relax and it goes down as well. Uh, let me check, make sure there's no questions. Let me check the professional page and make sure there's no questions here. Hey to Sandra Buchanan Clemens, Phyllis Coley, Sonia, and Marianne over here on the professional page. If you have any questions, just holler at me. Okay, so that's stage one of your sleep, and it is non-REM. Stage two is also non-REM, and that's when your body goes into deep relaxation. The theta waves are now dominating the brain activity, but here's the weird thing about uh, stage two, is we see bursts of rapid activity, fast activity. These are called sleep spindles, so you're gonna see Theta wave is going along really slow, and then all of a sudden, we'll see a real fast sleep spindle, 
and then we'll see slowness of the theta wave and then we're also going to see what's called a cape complex which is a high altitude spike that goes up and down and then it will even back out into that slow slow theta wave again and so that is stage two so rob says if there's a mix of different states during an eight-hour sleep what percent is considered healthy for being in delta wave okay so um 75 percent of your overall sleep time is what this study shows that is needed for non-rim delta wave hope that answers your question hey to david graham and regina rice so stage two you're moving from theta wave into a, a slower deeper uh, state of mind and you're seeing those sleep spindles which are fast bursts and high altitude complexes which are called k complexes so stage three slash four because they kind of group it together is non-rem deep sleep and it it's very very slow delta waves it's four hertz and below and this is where the body restores itself and the cells re actually regenerate now these stages of sleep in between these stages is when this rem these rem periods are happening now the interesting thing about REM sleep, which is rapid eye movement, and this is where dreaming occurs, the muscles are paralyzed, except for respiration, digestion, and circulation. The brain waves that are happening during REM sleep in between these stages is paradoxical beta. So it's kind of, it's as fast as awake and alert brain waves. So it's like you're awake and alert inside a paralyzed body, which is really quite weird. So let's see, Amanda Turner, hey, uh, she says, I have a terrible late shift in my sleep and I'm a slave to it. I can't ever get to sleep before 4 a.m., sometimes as late as 7 a.m. Had two weeks of perfect sleep, 11 to 8 a.m. back in March right after a new moon. Can't seem to get back to it. I'm assuming the moon has something to do with it. Yes, it can. Uh, and classically, 72 hours before or after any kind of moon change, you're going to see a lot of uh, paranormal activity, a lot of uh, violence, a lot of babies being born, and a lot of problems with sleep. So for people that classically have um, terrible sleep or can't get to sleep I always suggest binaural beats for Delta wave because it's based on a technique of brain entrainment which automatically puts your brain waves where they need to be for optimal sleep uh, and but you have to use earbuds in order to use this technique so I definitely being a medium I get woke up at all different hours in the night I may or may not be able to go back to sleep. So over the years, I have found that it is a lifesaver for me to be able to put on a binaural beat and be able to drift back to sleep within 10 minutes. So I tried a, a bunch of different binaural beats for Delta Wave, and I found two specifically that literally put me back to sleep within 10 minutes. 
and that's a lifesaver especially when you're being woke up by different entities at all different hours of the night so Amanda go on to YouTube look up a binaural beat for um, Delta wave use it before you know and decide in your mind what you what time you want to go to bed and then you know kind of program yourself I want to go to sleep at 11 p.m. I want to wake up at 6 a.m. and you kind of say that as a little mantra before you go to bed and then put your earbuds in and listen to that Delta wave and then see what happens and then let me know let me know what happens so back to the REM sleep the REM sleep is that paradoxical beta which is almost identical to your waking brain waves of beta wave this is where your dreaming occurs and this is where you can get REM rebound if you don't allow your brain to go through the REM states um, then you can get REM rebound when you know your brain wants to have more REM because it's been deprived of it so definitely allow your brain to go through all these different stages of sleep and allow the restoration to take place for sure now let's see yeah we're out of time for this evening I want to I want to go through one thing before I end for the night and that's a, about dreams now what I was uh, viewing as interesting was Carl Jung believed that dreams allowed us to tap into the collective unconscious okay so his theory was that this is information that's shared by all beings by everyone that's very significant for next Monday night when we go into the alternate theories on sleep paralysis the the paranormal theories about sleep paralysis which uh, here's all that paranormal stuff <laughs> sleep paralysis um, because a lot of people experience attacks during these episodes of sleep paralysis and we're gonna look at what's actually you know physiological sleep paralysis and what may be a real paranormal type of attack because I think that there's a huge difference so uh, Ina says what causes the opposite dreaming without paralysis uh, let's see what causes the opposite dreaming without you are you talking about too much dreaming Ina um, and I will answer that offline because we're out of time uh, so if you like these episodes go ahead and hit the share button on your screen and share this out in your newsfeed and uh, share this with you know your loved ones your friends your family whoever you think might benefit from these shows also go on to the YouTube channel click subscribe share those videos if you find an old video on the playlist Monday Night Live that you enjoy or you find helpful uh, share that it really helps the show out when you do that um, also I appreciate all of you guys tuning in and stay tuned for next Monday night because we're gonna go over the other uh, theories on sleep paralysis special shout out to Mike Lawrence over here on Instagram hey my son hope you're doing okay and uh, I will see you next Monday night. Kisses from Kentucky. Bye, guys.